you know, we're the last line of defense. And really, the comedians are the last uh, the voice of truth in this whole thing. Hi, this is Meatloaf. Okay, kids, you know what time it is? You know what time it is? It's Outlaw Radio Time! Legendary performers thinking to himself, what did I sign up for? Smoking, drinking, interrupting. That doesn't sound like me. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio. From an 1876 Virginia City to Manistel Bar in the San Fernando Valley. Spitting distance where all them miscreants live in Hollywood, Cali. A man about to celebrate a birthday in September and a man that I have been watching since I was a toddler. Love this guy. You know, when you think of comedians, you think of, well, they should be funny. Well, he he certainly is that. But you also, this may not be something that comes to mind. Classy. He is a classy, classy guy. Ladies and Doberman on Outlaw Radio, the great and ubiquitous Tom Dreesen. I don't think I can follow that introduction, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, Tom Dreesen. Look how great he sounds. Oh, he always sounds great. Oh, my God. He's about to celebrate his 81st birthday in wow. September. He's a baby. He's a baby. Are you a baby, Tom? Yeah, you know, you had to do that. I've been telling young girls around here that I'm 50 years old. Yeah. Now you just ruined everything. Yeah. Listen to the show. yeah, but dig this. Dig this. Tom Dreesen's 81st birthday lands on September 11th, to be exact. What a day for a birthday. I know. Do you remember where you were on that day? No, yeah, everybody does. You know, I I was on my way. The limo pulled up in front. I was going to New York to do Joe Pesci's in New Jersey, really. Joe Pesci has a golf tournament there, or had one in those days. And I go there and I I perform at it and and also play in it. And uh, so I was, you know, the limo was downstairs and I was getting ready to go. And, and, uh, you know, all hell broke loose, as you know. Uh, the, the, The girl I was staying with at the time... Or she was staying with me, I shouldn't say. I was <laughs> okay, yeah. Was, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, the reason you know, you know when they leave and they don't take any furniture, they were staying with you. <laughs> is, that the, is that the giveaway, Tom? That's a good giveaway? Yeah. I just learned something, Jim. I'm leaving the, she, the limo drive. She said, you know what, a plane, I was going to the door. She said, a plane just went into the building in New York. And I, I thought it was a small craft. I said, gee, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Yeah. And I'm thinking of, of a, a small craft. And she said, it looks real serious. And I said, and just then um, the, the phone rang and the limo driver said, I'm downstairs waiting, Mr. Beeson, you better get going. I said, I'll be right down. And then she said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Another plane went in. I said, what are you talking about? So now I look and I said, oh, my God. So now I call Joe's assistant in New Jersey, and she hadn't heard of it yet. And and I said to her, and her husband was a New Jersey state trooper. And I, I said to her, you know, is this, Kelly, is this? Tournament's still going to go on. She said, why shouldn't it? I said, are you watching the news? Uh, a plane went into the building in New York. She said to her husband, Dreesen's on the phone making jokes. Oh, he's no. making jokes. No. She said, she said a plane, he said a plane went into the building. <clears throat> and he said, you know, I'm hearing something on the radio like that. And the phone went dead. Whoa. Whoa. <clears throat> so I, <clears throat> you know, I, I knew that... Uh, 
that you know that there was something serious, and of course I didn't go. You know. Yeah, but how, how was your golf game that day, Tom? Oh, okay, <laughs> I think you were well. Yeah, everybody was in shock. You know. Yeah, still, still am. I mean, those with brains, still, still in shock. I mean, it, it never, it is. How can it leave you? Something that prominent. How can that leave you? Yeah. Yeah, and those who love America will will never forget that day. And uh, wow, your birthday. I mean, that, that's a day that lives in infamy, but a day that, uh, well, thanks to that day, the one and only true gift to America was born, Tom Dreesen. You heard me, Tom. <laughs> You, you were—you're laughing, but you heard me. And by, by the way, thank you for your service. Oh, this man was in the Navy. God bless. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I served in the Marine Corps unit too for nine months, called NEGDF, Naval Emergency Ground Defense Force. Hoorah! Yeah. Hoorah! That's yeah. Right, yeah. You look back at those days and you say, I should have spent more time, or those were tough times, but uh, being a patriot as you are, probably real glad to have served this great country. No, I, I really, you know, I always thought that I, I, you know, you're a kid growing up and those days, of course, we said the Pledge of Allegiance in the classroom, you know, we, we were proud of the National Anthem, everybody knew the National Anthem and, and, you know, we had to memorize the Gettysburg Address and all these other things. So I always thought that I, I, I you know, loved my country, but then when I went in the service one all around the world, then I realized just how great this country really is, you know. And, That's uh, awesome, man. And, yeah. and, uh, and still is, you know. Yeah, you certainly miss it when uh, when you're out of country. You certainly miss it. And, uh, boy, I, I miss the days of uh, normality, whatever whatever that is. Because yeah. I got to tell you, this, this pandemic, BS-demic, has turned into, it's taken a life of its own. And it is so political. And my God, if the Democrats were in charge, this thing would have been over. And I bet you know that, Tom. <laughs> huh? I mean, th this is a crock of crap. It is a bad flu. And it's, and, you know, do the math. You know, use the brain. You'll come to the conclusion that this is a crock of crap. And I'm not saying that it's a hoax. No. No, it's a, it is a terrible it's a real thing. But it's a real yeah. thing. And it is a, a Wuhan banana fan of Fofan virus. It's not a good thing. Nobody wants it. But the numbers are a, a crock. Don't add up. Yeah. I mean, Lori, tell Tom, Lori Downey Jr., who, uh, of course, married to the great Morton Downey Jr. for many years, and Tom and Lori know each other through your husband. Tell Tom, Lori, about your daughter being in the hospital and the trumped up numbers she was not there for covid right no she was not there for covid and we just got her out she had a um a situation with epilepsy and uh while she she was unfortunately on life support it, i'll tell you really quickly and uh, she got off life support and when she did she had a bacterial infection and the hospital then wanted to test her for covid and it came back a false positive meaning two of the tests were negative and one they couldn't really confirm I had a very hard time, because she was tested multiple times after that, that was false. I had a very hard time getting rid of COVID trackers who were telling me that she was positive. I had the CDC calling me. I said, it's negative. You know it's negative because you can't, the first test is wonky and, and it's a false positive, but we have tested her time and time again. I had COVID people, they were tracking me down. They were emailing me. They were calling me, telling me my daughter was positive. So we left the hospital because she was negative. She had a bacterial infection because she was intubated through a ventilator. And that, that is the problem with today. So to this point, 
They're still emailing me as of this date. And this was like three days ago she got out of the hospital. She is COVID-free, and they're still coming after me saying she's COVID-positive. Yeah, Tom, Tom, what's happening here is, oh, please, 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 no, she's positive. Oh, yes, don't you agree? She's positive. Yeah. These numbers are a crock, Tom. Yeah, yeah, well, it's all political. <clears throat> what else is new that in our society everything is politicized? Everything is politicized, you know. True, uh, yeah. And, and, Lori, you said COVID people. I just came up with a screenplay idea. I'm going to write a movie called COVID People. COVID people starring Tom <laughs> <Yeah>. Greason. <laughs> Instead of more people, it's COVID people. COVID people. <laughs> the great Tom Greason. <laughs> the, the opening act for Old Blue Eyes, Sinatra, for a gazillion years, and... Did, did Mr. Sinatra ever have a problem with any one of your bits, Tom? No. He, he, the couple of things, you know, that, that he stood for was that you work clean. He didn't like what they call blue material because right. he had family audiences coming to see him. But I was fortunate that before I met Frank Sinatra, I had done over 40 appearances on The Tonight Show. I toured with Sammy Davis. I toured with Smokey Robinson. I toured with Natalie Cole, Gladys Knight and the Pips. I toured with so many different artists that did the same thing. They had they had family audiences. So I had, I had a wealth of material that I could rely on from doing The Tonight Show. Every time you do The Tonight Show, you had to do a new six minutes. So <clears throat> I had a wealth of material. And Frank... That's all Frank cared about was that you know keep it clean. You don't you don't need to work dirty. You know uh, what he called blue. You know now the offstage he didn't care. You know he was he wasn't approved. You know yeah. Uh, nor am I. I'm a I'm a street guy. I don't have a degree from academia. <laughs> you're a Chicago a, you're a Chicago guy, Tom. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. I have, you're right. I, but I, I have a, I have a doctorate from the streets. <laughs> so but I I knew you know that's all he expected of me. He expected punctuality. He was the most on-time human being you ever met in your life. In all the years that Frank Sinatra was alive, he was never late. For anything was he ever late. He always, he, he, he respected your time. If, if, he, if he told, but he wanted you to respect his, if he told you wheels up on the jet at nine o'clock and you showed up at nine and one, you were watching the plane go down the runway. <laughs> wow. He, he, so he showed, you know, you want to party all night? He sit up the dawn every night. He never went to bed till the sun came up. Whoa. So we, we would hang out every night, party after the shows. Even when I stayed at his home down in Rancho Mirage, like six times a year, I'd stay there. Even when we, he wasn't on the road, he didn't go to bed till the sun came up. So we'd hang out till then, you know. Now you want to party, he's fine with that. But showtime, you don't mess with the show. Yeah. It, it, every night to him was a command performance. And so certain things he, he was uh, strict about, and that was one, that, that the show was the most important thing. Uh, g- give you an example. I once said to him, why are we wearing, why do we wear tuxedos? He said, Tommy, if we were going to do a show for the king and the queen, for royalty, would we wear a tuxedo? I said, well, yeah, I'm sure. He said, well, that garage mechanic in Detroit and his wife, who's a waitress, who work all year long to get enough money to buy two tickets to our show, they're just as much royalty as the king and the queen. God and bless. they deserve that much respect. You know? That is so cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I met, uh, before we get to some more Sinatra anecdotes, uh, and I know you have a plethora, I met uh, the great Frank Sinatra at Chasen's. Uh, so many years ago, and it was a party in the back area, the outside area of uh, the legendary Chasen's in Beverly Hills. 
And I walk in, and what, what do I spot? But Frank Sinatra is sitting uh, to a booth at the left of the front entrance, sitting with a couple, uh, what would he say? A couple ba- a couple babes, a couple chicks, a couple, uh, what are a couple other things? A couple broads. A couple broads. I'm sitting with a couple right. broads. And so so I, I walk up to the maitre d' and I said, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and here I am, you know, big time radio personality in Los Angeles doing afternoon drive at the biggest radio station in the USA. And... And I said, uh, so that's right. He said, yes, it is. That's Mr. Sinatra. I said, well, you know, I would, uh, I would hate to miss the opportunity to meet him. He said, I, uh, I, I don't recommend it. And I said, why? I just, uh, I think you should be on your way and just go to the party in the back. And I said, okay, thank you for the advice. And of course, what do I do, Tom? You beelined. Right? I, <laughs> I walk over to Mr. Sinatra and I said, let me tell you something that uh, I said, first of all, Mr. Sinatra, and I extended my hand. He shook mine. He said, yeah, kid. And I said, I'm going to tell you something you've heard about 20 gazillion times. And here it is again. You, my friend, are truly the greatest and have shaped so many lives with your beautiful voice. And he said, thank you. And then he then he went on to introduce us to the two chicks. Uh, neither one his wife, by the way. He said, meet the Darlene and whatever. And he said, good to meet you and have a nice night. And that was that was a beautiful man, Tom. And is yeah. that the guy that you know? That's the guy I know. <clears throat> it's all in my book. I, I wrote a book, as you know, called yes. Still Standing, My Journey from Streets and Saloons to the Stage and Sinatra. Which, by the, so, by the, by the way, I, I am butting in. How do we find that book? How do we purchase that Tom Dreesen? Uh, Amazon.com. Okay, Amazon. Well, Amazon.com. <clears throat> You'll, they'll have it in your house, by your house in two days. Excellent. But th- those stories are in there, the, the, the Frank Sinatra that I knew. But, I mean, it's, the book isn't only about Sinatra. The book is about my childhood growing up and, and all that. Uh, hardships, it, you know, it basically is, uh, when I was a kid, I had eight brothers and sisters and grew up in a suburb on the south side of Chicago called Harvey, Illinois. And every, every night, I, we lived in a shack. We were raggedy poor. Um, so every night I'd take my shoe sandbox and I'd go to all the taverns in my neighborhood and shine shoes to try to make money to feed my brothers and sisters. While I was in the bar, Frank Sinatra's on the jukebox in all those bars in Chicago, of course. And the, so the story, the book is about that little boy hearing Sinatra on the jukebox huh. in Harvey, Illinois, to one day carrying his coffin out of a church in Beverly Hills, oh, wow. California. Yeah. So, hey, uh, hey, hey, Tom, you brought up, uh, you brought up uh, Smokey Robinson. By the way, Tom, that's my brother, Marty. Hi, yeah, Marty, Tom. Nice Hi, to Marty. meet you. Nice to meet you. Hey, um, no, you brought up Smokey Robinson that you toured with him. A friend of mine is working with Smokey right now and said he's the most wonderful sweetheart of a guy. Um, did you did you spend any time with Smokey on the road? Oh, yeah, we, we, he's, he's my buddy. You know, we, we, we've been friends for years and years and years. Every year I would run 26 miles for multiple sclerosis in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, and by, by the way, I wanted to bring that up. That That's a great thing you do, man. And all, all my, all my uh, celebrity friends, I would bring 20 or 30 celebrity friends into Chicago, and they would run a part of the way with me. You know, mm-hmm. Tony Danza and Frankie Avalon and, right. and uh, James Darren and... Um, I'm thinking of all the uh, Eddie Marinero and, and uh, Frankie Valley and I mean all, all my friends and they would run a mile or two miles. Smokey's the only one who ran all 20. He did miles. the whole thing. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I ran into him. Uh, we did a TV show a few years ago. I don't know, six, seven years ago. Man, still looking like Smokey and yeah. Svelte. You can tell that guy keeps a, Yeah, not unlike Tom Dreesen. You keep in great physical shape. What do you yeah. do? What don't you eat? Well, <laughs> I eat everything. Yeah. You know. I think it's. I think a lot of it is that I love uh, what I do. But I want, I want to go back to Smokey. Yeah. Smokey is the, really the 
most decent human being you're that. ever going to meet on this planet. Yeah. If, if, if you know, most people talk about well, they have this, this Christian thing where they love one another. Smokey is a is a, is a example of just that of somebody who loves all human beings. He lives it. And by the way, get a chance download Smokey Robinson at some theater where he's talking. He writes a poem. He's not singing. He writes a poem about that he's a black American. And it's the most moving thing. It brought me to tears the other day. I saw it for the first time the other day. And I called Smokey. I said, Smokey, I've always respected you. We, we've been friends for years. I've always had been so proud of our friendship and of all the things you accomplished. But never so much as when I heard that poetic thing that he did I about I am a black American. you got to download it. That yes. was, I'm telling you, it'll move you to tears. No, if, if it's what, and by the way, Tom Dreesen, not, not a liar. He's a man of fact. Uh, you know, that's why he's not a big, dumb lefty. Did I say that, Tom? Uh, please. <laughs> I, I, my apologies. He doesn't want to lose half his audience. Anyway, no, no, he's no, smart. No, I understand that, but if it's, I, I will tell you, it may be worthy of playing on Outlaw Radio, and thank you for the tip. Uh, this is a man in Tom Dreesen that has had over for 500 appearances on national television as a stand-up. And a guest on The Late Show with David Letterman a gazillion times. Were you aware, Tom Dreesen, that Letterman was such a crazed lefty at the time of your appearances? <clears throat> we never talk politics because he knows where I'm... Look, here's what I try to explain to people, you know, that I grew up in Chicago... In Chicago, the second you come out of the womb, they introduce you to your Democratic precinct captain, and then you get to meet your mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. So they indoctrinate you. But in those days, those Democrats fought in World War II. They fought in, in all the bars I shined shoes in. They fought in Korea. They fought. Yep. They, 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 were, they flew the flag. They were proud yes. uh, Americans. If they were in the bars. They would say, hey, send my Republican friend a drink down there. And, and then, you know, how's your guy Eisenhower doing? They all, they were, they were they, you know, they were able to converse with one another. Yeah. You know, that party has been taken over so far from the left that it's not even recognizable as, as a Democratic Party anymore. It's right. not the party of John F. Kennedy. That's long since gone. Right. You know, <clears throat> look, there's a, there's a great game that socialists like to play. Uh, an old black man in my neighborhood, by the way, when I was growing up in Harvey, Illinois, I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood because we I said we were raggedy poor. But the black people in my neighborhood were Republicans wow. when I was a kid growing up because Abraham Lincoln had been a Republican. Yep. You know, it was only, as you know, after, after I think it was 64, yep. uh, when that, that, that whole thing changed. But nonetheless, the, the black people were, were you know, uh, Republicans in my neighborhood. An old black man in my neighborhood told me one time, when Tim Reed and I became a comedy team, Tim, as you know, Tim Reed and I were America's first black and white comedy team. Yeah, yeah let, me set, let me set the stage real quickly, Tom. Tim Reed, of course, from WKRP, the black dude. And you were one of the first black and white comedy teams. We were the first and the, the last. There's yeah. never been one since. Yeah, I, and I got to tell you, what a beautiful thing you were saying Tom well, I'm saying that, that when we started out, and when Tim Reed and I decided we were going to become a comedy team, I'd never been in show business, nor Tim. We went to a, a friend of mine who was a lead singer in the Dells, Marvin Jr., a, a singing group called the Dells. They had Oh, What a Night and Stay in My Corner, a lot of hits. Mm -hmm. And we asked for advice. <clears throat> he told us, oh, you guys are going to do great, blah, blah, blah. But on the way out of his house, he said to us, you know they're going to try to... Uh, divide you guys. We said what he said. It's a game people play called divide and conquer, and they like to do it by races. That they, they, they love the socialists in this country love to divide us, and if they can divide us by the races, then they really it really works. So 
so you should be careful of that because and it'll happen all your life and sure enough it did people are always trying to, to divide us and, and also to bring a racial incident you know uh, happening to it so what happens here's a while back here <clears throat> in, the, in the murder of George Floyd and I'll go along with that at that point the whole country was united the country was united that this was an injustice and it should be taken care of. Right. Well, those who do not want us to be united couldn't handle that. You bet. We can't be. They're united. They're united. we got to do something. Let's peaceful protest and an Antifa take up. We'll burn, riot, loot. Yep. And guess what? Two days later, mission accomplished. We're not united anymore, are yep. we? No. You know, no. It's all... It's so clear. It's so easy to predict what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, keep us divided and keep us racially divided, and then they can win. If this country can't be beat from without. We have the strongest military ever assembled on this planet. So if we get defeated, it'll be from within. And they know that. The socialists in this country know that, and, and the Bernie Sanders and the people like that. Keep us divided. Keep us fighting among one another, you know. I must tell you, Tom Dreesen, that uh, I predict pro- potentially a landslide for Donald Trump if there, if it's a fair fight. And I'll tell you what, those Democrats, they don't want a fair fight. This ballot-by-mail crap, why do you think they're pushing it so hard, Tom? I am from Chicago. They wrote the book on that You stuff. bet your ass they did. You, you know, in Chicago, I always used to tell all the guys running for office, you're either going from bar to bar or on, on some pulpit somewhere, I said, you're campaigning in the wrong place. The boats are in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, I, I got to tell you, I want to be Tom Dreeson when I grow up. Oh, my God. A man That's who, funny. you know, he has a, uh, him and Mor- Tom Dreeson and Morton Downey Jr. both have stars on the uh, Palm Springs Walk of Fame. Oh, yeah, wow. that's cool. And it's about about time you had one on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Did that happen well, yeah, yet? I could have I could have had one. It cost twenty thousand yeah. dollars. People don't know that. They think that oh, they put it on there. Yeah. It cost you know. Talk. <laughs> can we do a GoFundMe or something? Let's get this together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Frankie Avalon is a good buddy of mine. He should have been on that Walk of Fame six times and all the things he's done. But he said I ain't paying twenty grand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people walk on my name. You know. <laughs> nah, it's a it's a big crock of crap. I mean, it truly is. But uh, you're a fan of AOC, right, Tom? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, you know, th- th- there's nothing I wanted more than have a bartender represent us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. let, let me tell you before we wrap this thing up, I uh, I can't wait to get Tom Dreesen into this 1876 yes. Virginia City oh, yeah. Nevada-style bar in the San Fernando Valley here in person. And yes, we do smoke cigars, but if, if that bothers you, uh, we will stop smoking for the hour that you're here. And because anything to have that man so close to outlaw radio. I have to tell you something. Yeah. Everybody in show business always said Tom Dreesen, the nicest man in the world. Everybody loves him immensely. Yep. And I got to tell you that Tom, my my husband, my late husband Morton Downey Jr. thought the world of you. But it was it was in in so many folds over and over and over again. Everyone loves this man. I, pre- I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. It really does. All right, quickly, Tom Dreesen, what have you not accomplished that you would like to? Is there anything? It seems like you've done it all. 
<laughs> you know what? I, I have had an incredible career, 50 years in show business, just an incredible career. And, and, and you know, flying around the world and flying Sinatra's private jet, you, you know, performing at the, at the most prestigious places in the world. Um, I, I, if I die tomorrow, the world doesn't owe me a thing. I mean, I, I came from the poorest to poor, holes in my shoes. You're shining shoes, for God's sake. Yes, man. Well, yeah. I mean, that was, that was a feed my brothers and sisters. But, yeah. you know, I, none of that do I regret. You know, I, I, God's been really good to me, and, and, I, and I, uh, I, I'm just, I'm very grateful. I really am. I love well, this guy, man. God, God has been good to us by giving him a cherished, and us, a cherished performer by the name of Tom Dreesen. God bless you. I, I love you dearly. Can't wait to have you over here. Upward, onward, buy his book. Look up Tom Dreesen. The name of the book again, Tom. Still standing, my journey from streets and saloons to the stage and Sinatra. All right, and grab that. And still standing. You know? Yeah, well, no, I understand that. He's not <laughs> only standing, he's running. That's Tom Dreesen on Outlaw Radio. Man, that was that was beautiful. We'll be this after back. Chronic talk from the panic room. Up in the sky. Smoking, drinking, interrupting. Magic Matt Allen. This is Outlaw Radio.